Welcome to the Pro AV Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. When looking to install an AV system, business owners have to balance two crucial things, the technology and the price. On one side, you have technology that's transitioning away from hardware solutions and embracing software instead, specifically when it comes to web conferencing platforms like Cisco WebEx or Skype for Business. Technology evolves rapidly in ProAV as well, so by the time a client purchases a smart camera setup and that setup is installed and integrated into a business, for example, that software powering it could already have become outdated. On the other side, you have the expenses. Business owners have to ask themselves, what is a reasonable price point for AV solutions in my workspace? What payment model is going to work best for me? How do I invest in technology that will still be useful in the long term, five years or even one year down the line? This constant fluctuation in balancing price with tech is putting pro-AV providers in their own bind, adapting to an educational and advisory role for their clients. On today's Pro-AV podcast, we are joined by David Privatera, Director of Managed Services for Baker Audiovisual, where his mission is to design, build, and support, no matter the price points or AV need. Privatera breaks down what clients should be looking for when balancing tech and price, how providers can educate their clients regardless of the revenue model, and why the core of the issue always leads back to quality of service. All right, David, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Hey, Daniel, doing well. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you for joining us. And I'm excited to get Baker Audiovisual on a podcast, uh, digging into something really fascinating and uh, honestly something that applies to just about any business or business owner that's looking to bring an effective AV system uh, into their workplace. And that is really looking at how to balance the spending side of installing a new system as well as the technology side of it right you want to make sure that you are standardizing what you're bringing in that the technology you bring in is up to date it's efficient um you know it isn't just a a hardware solution but maybe looking at software solutions too and then balancing that with how much is this going to cost me you know how much is this how much should i actually invest in a new av or just a more updated av system so i'm excited to dig into this balance because i think it's really important um you know before we get into some of those actual insight points of spending versus you know, standardizing the technology. Tell me a little bit about just on a general level, how important is it on a business perspective for a business owner to balance those two options when putting in a new AV system? Sure. That's a, that's a great question. Um, <clears throat> certainly very important. Uh, what we see uh, with audiovisual technology and hardware uh, we see uh, generally two two budgets that a client would would typically have, and that would be on capital expenditures. Um, that would be hardware. Uh, that would be any sort of fixed costs or 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 fixed type of product, uh, uh, an asset basically. Uh, and then there would also be operational expenses. Um, that would take care of services, managed services, uh, any sort of support costs. Uh, or or expenditures on the back end uh, of a project after it's been installed. So um, how we like to approach our projects uh, is typically a total solution, um, a design, build, and support model versus just a design, build model. Uh, historically, uh, companies have have just worked all of that out separately. 
uh, where they're real estate or, or their front end uh, representatives uh, working in construction and real estate and, and facilities, building, building new facilities, uh, would look at the capital expenses, uh, capital expenditures of the new hardware and apply that in, in its own bucket. And then down the road, again, with the operational expenditures, that's in a different bucket. A total solution approach uh, where we you know, attack the design, build, support aspect, uh, we're looking at both bu budgets together and how do we effectively um, show them those costs so that they can get a good understanding of what are we looking at, not just on the front end, not just this year, but what are we looking at you know, on a five-year expenditure uh, type basis? What's this going to cost us? And so when we provide our services, when we provide our projects, uh, everything up front, we try to give them, you know, here's an overall cost perspective. Here, here, is, here is an advisory type position that, that we're going to, to present and show you over the next X number of years, you'll expect to be paying this, this, or this. Right. So this is something that we had another guest come on to our podcast to talk about. But he mentioned uh, bringing subscription-based models for payment to the pro-AV industry and using that as a method to you know, get a consistent client, someone who then, you know, you provide updated hardware and updated software. And I think that kind of does fit into your design-build support model. Um, but tell me a little bit about that. Have you thought about implementing subscription-based um, revenue models for the Pro-AV hardware for these interactions with clients? Uh, is that something that you recommend? What are your thoughts on that? Sure. Um, and another great question, because it's definitely something that's you know been on the horizon of audiovisual uh, in general. We see a lot of subscription-based services. Um, a lot of people are familiar with the you know, the monthly models that, that you pay online with different services, personal services, consumer services. Uh, on the professional side, we see, you know, a lot of subscription-based services with uh, outsourcing, for instance. That's typical. That's actually a, a subscription-based services um, because you're, you're either paying a quarterly or, or, or a monthly expenditure. Same thing with managed services. It, it, you could consider it a subscription-based service, but to be more specific, something on the horizon and, and something that's always been considered is a, is a lease to own type uh, subscription based um, you know, payment structure. So you're paying either a, a monthly cost, it's a much lower fixed cost, but you have the option of, of basically uh, leasing the equipment to either purchase or have a set, have, have a set level of services that are providing you with the, of course the upfront services, but also the upgrade services down the road. So, uh, within that period of however long you're you're, you know, paying for the for the services, paying for the hardware, uh, you've got a a number of different services that can be provided to you from preventative type measures uh, to software uh, upgrades and updates, uh, firmware security um, updates. Uh, a number of different things. I and I feel like to a degree these subscription based models might be more appealing to 
someone who's looking to install a new AV system, mostly because it sort of guarantees that there's going to be the support aspect of your design build support approach, right? That there's going to be this consistent communication, you know, maybe once a month you get to sort of reevaluate what you purchased, if it feels like it's working correctly, if you need an upgrade or you need to remove something and replace it with something else. Whereas, you know, maybe in other kinds of models, you are paying upfront for all the hardware and you're paying to get it integrated and installed. And then after that, it, you know, the pro AV providers disappear and then you're, you're stuck with this technology that maybe it works fantastically and yay, great. Or maybe it doesn't. And maybe you spent a lot of money on something that you didn't really need or something that isn't quite fit for what your business is looking for. Sure. And that's, um, that's, that's definitely something that we've been considering you know, on, on the, whether it's the monthly, whether it's the quarterly, you know, whatever sort of payment frequency, we always want to be there for our, for our clients. And we're in a market today. We, we're in an environment today uh, in business and in the corporate culture where relationships are, are everything. And, and it's important to stay in front of the, in front of the customer uh, because if you're not going to, your your competition will. And I mean, y'all managed to really play into that support aspect without necessarily there being a monthly revenue stream that is supposed to, you know, encourage that. You do it just because it's part of the motto of what Baker Audiovisual wants to provide. Um, how do y'all try to approach the long-term engagement here with the business owners and the people looking to install these AV systems? Uh, you know, how do you keep them updated on what they really need? How do you provide that next level support just beyond the technology? Yeah, the biggest thing is being able to, uh, it kind of goes back to when we're designing, you know, the total solution, the total package uh, up front is to establish, establish the expectations you know, that you're basically establishing a level of trust at the same time uh, because you want them to understand what they are purchasing. Uh, a lot of clients historically, you know, they may have one set of objectives uh, on the front end, and but that may be a completely different division of, uh, of people within the company who are putting these things together. And then by the time it gets installed and, and you know, a different uh, part of the company, a different division of the company now owns the system. Let's just say it's IT or it's facilities, uh, but they may not have been involved on the front end. Now they have to deal with it uh, in their in their own way and be trained on it. But they the, they may have different expectations, right? So they may not have been uh, involved early on, but when we are working with the client up front, you know, we're looking at these variables to say, okay, well, that's great that you, you're looking at, at, at this project and you're, you're developing the expectation, the preconceived expectation that I need this or I need that. But if we look at this long-term or even short-term, by the time we are installed with this, we want to examine who are the end users, who are the end customers, the actual clients that we are servicing, and how is this going to work? for them in you know individually but also uh, obviously as a group as as a team uh, so that they can promote their corporate culture promote their corporate standards uh, and ultimately their day-to-day -day business all right so now i want to dig into the main topic here which is as i mentioned before balancing 
the updated technology and brain, you know, embracing some of these great new kinds of communication platforms, or let's say web conferencing like Skype for Business or Cisco WebEx. Um, you know, I think it it just showcases a trend that hardware is is getting cut out of these probably the installations, and a lot of it is transitioning a little more towards the, that great software uh, or web conferencing, what have you, and then balancing that with how do companies proactively and efficiently spend money on these ProAV installations? What is really feasible? What is applicable? What do they need? You know, what are the basics? So walk me through a bit of that balance. Um, what are you seeing technology-wise that's really becoming a standard? And then how do you balance with each kind of business? This is what you really need. This is what you don't really need. And what should business owners be looking for there? So <clears throat> on the balancing perspective... Um, historically we've, you know, we've, we've typically done the hardware systems that you've got an, in, uh, an individual, uh, piece of hardware, such as a video codec, a uh, video conferencing codec. Uh, you've got amplifiers, you've got system controllers, you've got a number of different devices that are connected and integrated together, uh, to form one system. That's your, that's your typical AV system in say a conference room or a boardroom, uh, any sort of, um, you know, conferencing space where, where, where you are trying to communicate a message. Over time, um, some, of the, some of the status quo that, that we typically see is poor service. So while the systems themselves are designed and, and engineered to work very well, uh, there's still the maintenance aspect uh, because there's, there's general wear and tear. Um, there, there is general uh, lifespan you know, that you would expect from certain equipment. Uh, and then you have the variables such as a, a lightning strike or um, or a brownout in the building, um, frequent power outages from uh, you know from power companies or some, something like that. You know we look at the effective uh, use of maintenance and and service uh, to you know to grow a, a more benefits basically uh, for for the client on the business end on the, on the operational end. Um, but the status quo historically has been poor service that many customers, uh, just in general, m many, many business customers have experienced. So generally when I'm walking onto, um, uh, onto a client site, um, and it's typically new clients that we may not have done business with before, I, I try to explore that, uh, you know, history with them, you know, what sort of service have you, have you gotten in the past or not gotten? And they're always very vocal about that. Uh, that's, that's the first thing that they'll talk about because they've got a bad taste somewhere and it typically stems from poor service whether it's you know we tried contacting you know your competitors help desk uh you know four different times and and it, and it took them two or three days to call us back each time uh, or it took or it took them two or three weeks to come out you know on site and so <clears throat> we take that to heart and and we want to make sure that we're performing much better than than they are um typically you know, we, we like to keep our services very prompt and, and get back to the client within two to three hours versus two, two to three days. Um, but that status quo then, uh, not only does it, does it, does it affect uh, a bad taste in their mouth on the service side, it actually affects a bad taste in their mouth on the, uh, the product side as well, because now they're, they're looking ahead at, okay, well, we've got this big complex system and when it doesn't work, we've just spent a lot of money on, you know, all this equipment that's just not working for us. You know, what, what they're really trying to do when, they, when they're 
investing their money when they're spending their money on AV systems, they're, you know, they're, they're spending their money on a process. They're investing in a process, not the actual equipment itself. The equipment should be a means to that process. And the process is how do we build better communication between our departments? How may we deliver better information to our executive team? So on and so forth. How, how can we communicate better with our customers? And if, if equipment is not being maintained effectively, then you're just going to have repeat failures. And when that happens, you start getting you know, that bad taste in your mouth. So on the product side, on, on the front end, when a client, when it's time to do a refresh, let's say, they're going to look at different technology, basically. They're, they're going to say, well, we've got this big complex system and you know, it doesn't really work well and it's hard to service and, and whatever else. Um, so what can we do to simplify the systems, even though that system may have been designed very well and it's very good equipment, um, again, they've, they've got a bad taste in their mouth. So how do we look at, uh, simplifying this? What sort of, uh, easier control system can, can, uh, can we integrate? And it also depends on who's owning those systems. So if it's it, uh, you know, they're looking at these devices as, as more, endpoints on their network uh, because a lot of these devices are touching their network now for communication and, and status and troubleshooting and stuff like that. So when that happens, uh, there are now software manufacturers who are, who are talking to these uh, IT representatives and managers and directors. And now they're talking about their software that can be used, um, you know, within just a, a PC or, or a laptop. <clears throat> and now you're looking at, at control systems that are built into, you know, a computer versus a separate control pro processor. Um, but granted, you know, you, you still have aspects of speakers in the ceiling or you have microphones. Uh, so there are still going to be dedicated devices and, and dedicated hardware to maximize, um, you know, the quality of, of your experience and maximize the quality of uh, the audio or the, or the video uh, that you're delivering, uh, maximizing that message. But on that, on that side of how do we simplify, that is what we're seeing is, is typically the devices that are sitting on the networks uh, for communication. Um, you know, for instance, the, the video conferencing devices, we're seeing a lot of that uh, go, go the route of web conferencing, uh, go the route of the soft codec, you know, that, that sits on the computer and you're basically just connecting a, a USB, you know, type, type camera. Um, we embrace that because we want to be flexible to our clients. Absolutely. Uh, and there's still, you know, those specific rooms, the, the larger applications that may require, you know, a more dedicated system, something that's more robust, something with its own microprocessors that, uh, is very specific to, you know, that application of, um, video conferencing and, and sending content through the codec, uh, and, and communicating with another codec. Um, but absolutely we, you know, we want to embrace, you know, that sort of, um, change. We're, we're not adverse to change. We just want to make sure that when we change or if we change, we're going to do it right and that we can do it, that we can do it effective, uh, for the client. Right. And I think going back to what you said is the core issue here, which is a lot of clients have experienced poor service. I think, you know, they are willing to invest in, great service. Is that what you're seeing as well? Because I think that 
great service means that they're going to have the best cutting edge, but also effective technology. And it's also, you know, maybe if it is a little more expensive because they are paying for better service, it's still worth it because they know they're getting that support. They know that they're going to have someone integrating the technology who really cares about the setup and really cares about making it unique to their company and really making each experience feel personal and not just, all right, we're going to put the technology in and leave. So do you think that really at the core of it, what we're seeing is that customers are willing to invest in great service over everything else? Absolutely. Um, because that goes back to the relationship. And just like you said, it's 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 no longer about just buying products and getting it installed and then see you later. Um, that is not our business model. We, we're focused on the relationships. Uh, we're focused on their business model. So we don't want to be involved in the typical, um, you know, client vendor relationship. We're not a point and click uh, type of vendor. Um, we're not, we don't, we don't establish point and click relationships. You know, we are, we are out exploring and trying to understand how our client works, uh, how their business model is set up, uh, because, again, our, our equipment that we, that we provide to them, it's, it's a means to that process. It's a means to their day-to-day -day business. And if we can get a greater understanding of, of how they're uh, generating their revenue, how, how they're generating every dollar, uh, or how they're communicating with their customers, uh, especially, as well as how they're delivering information to their executive team, um, you know, maybe from one city to to another, rather than just you know email, of course, but but to be able to, you know, create that experience, uh, we want to know how they how how their business works, so that we can actually make the equipment truly work for them. And, and that's actually, that's part of our service. That's, that's us being an advisor to our client. So clients that have only experienced the status quo, they, they don't know what they don't know. And when we provide that level of service, um, it's, it's a breath of fresh air to them. And <clears throat> especially on the front end, when, when let's just say we're in the interview process, uh, where they're, you know, trying to select a vendor out of out of four or five different <clears throat> different candidates, you know, we bring to that table honesty is really is really what that is. Um, honesty, the the fact that we're gonna we're gonna tell you exactly what you need, why you need it, uh, and how it will relate to your business model, uh, as well as honesty, um, we're gonna call you back, you know, or or we're actually or yes, we're gonna be on site. You you mean you're gonna be on site tomorrow? Yes, that's what we do. So, um, absolutely, it, it it goes back to to the relationship uh, and the strength of that relationship and and the trust that you build uh, within that re that relationship. Um, and once you once you can establish that, it's so difficult to put a value on that. That absolutely, clients clients will invest greatly in in that sort of relationship. Now you're an extension. To, to their business. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You're not just providing the technology. You are really there to consult and to, um, to help provide value. And, you know, I, I think, you know, as the technology that is being rolled out continues to evolve, I mean, oftentimes we see stuff that 
hits the market and the software that's already powering the back end needs to be updated, right? There's already been some major change and it's tough to stay ahead of that. So as a consumer, um, as a business owner, you want someone on your team, you know, you want your pro AV provider to be sort of on your side there to help you out and there to recommend, Hey, you, I know you just bought this, but between the time you ordered it and we put it in, there's already been an update. So we're going to give that to you. You know, we're going to let you know exactly what you need to make sure that it fits, um, your connectivity needs that you, know, you can get one in every room that you need, et cetera, et cetera. And balancing the payment of that with the technology, it's going to get harder if the pro AV providers aren't there also consulting and aren't, you know, establishing that relationship. So that leads me to more or less my last question here is more of a question for the industry as a whole. Do you think that providers are going to be able to survive in the industry if they stay point and click, uh, you know, if they don't necessarily dig into this relationship aspect with their clients. Do you think there's still even room for those kind of services? Um, give me your thoughts on that. Yeah. So <clears throat> there's still going to be, you know, a number of different models. Again, I think, I think the old model of just call us when you need us, uh, that's, that's going away. Uh, businesses will fail uh, if they just expect their customer to, to call them when they need something. You know, the whole point and click relationship would generally be more on the uh, client side where maybe if they, if, if in their consumer world, you know, they're, I'm just going to point and click, I'm, I, I need to order a TV. Well, that's great. And cause you're just going to unbox it and put it on your counter at, in your living room. Um, but in the business world, uh, again, the, the point and click, you're, I, I would say you're, you know, some, some companies out there that uh, may have a, a specific uh, environment, uh, a specific, you know, culture, uh, of that coming from a consumer world. I think those companies, you know, will learn, um, that, Hey, we need, we need more experts. We can't just rely on just what we know from our living room or our home theater. We can't apply those principles in a conference room, can't apply those principles in a boardroom or a training room. You know, we need other experts here, um, to help us sort out um, you know, bad audio from a microphone that we have just sitting on a table. Uh, and now we need additional microphones or we now we need additional speakers and so on and so forth. We need, um, more effective video presentation methods, um, distance learning, uh, distance communications, you know, so on and so forth. There's, there's, there's a lot to it. Uh, but that's part of, <clears throat> that's part of the relationship, uh, aspect is knowing where your company sits uh, in their growth model, um, so that you can so that you can help them grow. Uh, and again, when you're looking at the long-term costs, um, you're you're not only helping them grow, but you're helping yourself grow because now, now as an integrator, you are more effective at predicting your resource costs, uh, and and in doing so, you can forecast. Um, you know, do I need to hire another engineer? or a project manager, or a programmer, or a service technician. So it gives you greater control internally of those sorts of costs uh, and, and figures. So clients appreciate that because, you know, you're, you're now planning ahead and, and you've got the long-term approach in mind rather than just the project approach. 
and I don't mean the total project, I mean just that project at hand. Um, so again, that is like a that is like a, a point and click type relationship versus the total project, the total relationship, um, you know, looking ahead and and forecasting for both parties, uh, for your company, but but uh, most importantly for for your client. And when you when you lay down, you know, what you can provide, not just the hardware, but you can provide the services, you can provide, you know, adv advisory services, we can provide the remote, you know, services where we no longer have to uh, come out to the client's site. Um, yeah, that really, it really perks their interest and, and their eyes get big and they want to know more and they start to understand uh, how in tune you are with their company uh, and what, what they want to do. Uh, with their business model. Right. And, you know, though clients aren't completely unknowledgeable of what they want, right? I think clients do know what they want. They know the long term, okay, we want this technology to be able to achieve these goals for us. That is what the clients can provide to you. But then you know, beyond that, I think clients may not know exactly what technology can accomplish that and exactly what is a realistic price point for that. So to really balance the emerging technologies that are becoming a standard for Pro-AV installations with you know, a cost that feels uh, realistic and feels useful for a business, they're really gonna need those advisory services. So it's gonna be interesting to see how Pro-AV providers continue to evolve to match these new needs. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast and giving us this insight, David. It's been it's been great and I really enjoyed chatting with you. Absolutely. And Daniel, thank you very much for having us. We're very excited. And thank you everyone for listening to today's podcast. And if you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time. Music